Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Red Men TV. It's the match preview show ahead of arguably the biggest Premier League game of the season. Yes, it's Liverpool going to the Etihad to take on Manchester City, Amsterdam Hall. Delighted to be joined by Dan Club and Chloe Bock. And Chloe Block, some easy for me to say, to talk all about it. I mean, I do know your name. Yeah, you don't know how to spell it, like, but that's okay. I, I completely forgot just to, how to speak for a couple of seconds that's there, but fine. we we roll, we move, it's live, we carry Too on. Excited. Yeah, we're gonna, I am very excited. <laughs> Festive spirit and all that kind of stuff, and of course, big game at the weekend. But yeah, we're going to speak about both teams, how they go into it, a little bit about the international break as well, and of course, a bit, a bit of predictions at the end. But Dan, I mentioned before, like, the biggest game of the season, Liverpool's record in this game in the Premier League is pretty grim at best mm-hmm. they're arguing to me if, if they'd won one or two more games at City over the last five or six years we could genuinely be sat here with a couple more titles it has, it has been that close it does feel like a, a you know one of those markers where if Liverpool can go and not get beat at City it's a huge advantage in this title race because although it's nice when City drop points elsewhere it's hard to rely on them doing that if we are going to be winning, trying to win this league title which is the aim at the moment you've got to go there and, and you know a loss in this game is a, is a massive six-point swing on the league table. It is a massive one, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and not just from a points perspective either, because I think we've all been pleasantly surprised by the way Liverpool have started the season. I think a lot of people would have bit hands-off to be where we are right now after this international break. I certainly would have done, because um, I didn't expect this. I felt like we might be sort of trying to sort of re-establish ourselves in quite a comfortable top-four situation as opposed to a title race this early and maybe a couple of cup competitions along the way as well. Who knows? But, yeah, I think obviously the win would be absolutely massive but more than that I think if we can go to the Etihad and sort of go toe-to-toe with them and really sort of stand up and say do you know what we're here we're, real, we're the real deal again this season that would be a massive statement for me because even though again pleasantly surprised by just how brilliant we have been so far this season this is Manchester City these are sort of champions elect already aren't they you know what I mean like a lot of people would have them very much down as their favourites so if we can go into their backyard and like I say land a couple of blows on them and then, then get a result on top of that that sort of reaffirms what I think this Liverpool side could be this season. I suppose as well, Chloe, like it is worth mentioning the half twelve kickoff thing is a thing. Um however it's it's, it's both it is for both sides. Usually my gripe with these can be if like if Liverpool have had every single player away and the other team have had nobody away and you're like ah, that's a big advantage. City have had players all over the world as well. They've had a couple who have been injured for the international break which we'll touch upon later I'm, I'm sure I'm expecting that they'll be fine but do you think that does play a factor into it at all this 12.30 thing because Jürgen constantly talks about it all the time so it's obviously on his mind but 
I don't know, in this type of game, I don't know how big the advantage or disadvantage is. It's, it's 40 minutes down the road and they've had all their players away as well, perhaps. I think the only disadvantage is is that we know how much we... We messed up uh, after coming back and facing Wolves where we played Alexis McAllister and instantly realised that was a big fat problem that we had. And I think a lot of people... Um, we'll talk about who people want in their predicted lineups, but I think a lot of people would want to see the likes of Diaz uh, come into in, uh, on the left-hand side because he's up against Kyle Walker um, and it's pace v pace there. Um, and it's it, the, the problem I have is you can't go and choose them because they could be jet-lagged, they might not be fit enough, too tired to play. And when we don't have an out-and-out DM as it is, you know, Alexis McAllister not being available or available from the start is a problem. Um, but also, you know, City are also dealing with that exact same problem. Uh, they, they're all coming back together on the, on the same flight, so you can't really use it as an excuse, um, and we, we shouldn't. Uh, but at the same time, it just makes the selection a little bit harder. I suppose the fixtures worked out a little bit better than Indy, that they all got there. It, it has been, they'll be arriving in Liverpool, I think we're filming this Thursday today. Mm-hmm. Like, they all played. Mm-hmm. It, it, that last time it was, they, they flew in, at half a session and, and played at Wolves, because they also had to travel to Wolves, which is a different factor in the city. You can you could probably leave Saturday morning if you really wanted to. I mean, I'm guessing they might do the Hotel Friday thing, mm. but it is just something to keep an eye on. Our mayor, the South Americans, played. They've all done well in by all accounts in the international break. They've all played. They've all played a lot of minutes, which is something to keep an eye on. But the difference between us and City is it their best eleven has definitely got one South American and maybe two, depending on the Alva, how well you think Alvarez fits in. Mm-hmm. Ours, in theory, has four. It so it could be a factor. Oh, absolutely, it could be, yeah. And like Chloe kind of touches upon there, we don't have, we're not blessed with options, certainly when it comes to DM. I think we'd all love it was Alexis McAllister. And if he is feeling the effects of what he did in midweek at all, then we we might know about it because we've seen it at Wolves, definitely. But having said that, it was even later getting back onto Merseyside last time. And I think he played at altitude in Bolivia we played last time and it looked like it. It looked like he was still playing at altitude mm-hmm. at Molyneux, to be honest. So, yeah, I think we will have to keep an eye on that one. But as you mentioned, you know, I think there's a good chance to go in today to do a little bit, maybe a sort of a cool down session or just sort of assess where they're at and do that sort of stuff I don't think they'll be doing anything particularly vigorous and then tomorrow will be obviously a much harder session we train sort of at the time of the game anyway so I imagine it'll be quite an early training session on Friday before probably heading up to Manchester like you say Friday afternoon so definitely want to keep an eye on but I think the DM situation is probably the one I'm most worried about. If Darwin was feeling the effects of his, of his game in midweek, or Diaz, you've got Josh, you've got Cody Gakpo, so there are options there. You can keep them back, you can hold them back for the final 30 minutes or whatever. But I do think, like I say, I think McAllister is probably the one we'll have to be extra careful with because it'll be endo fine. I'd, I'd rather it was McAllister in the sixth position myself at the Etihad. Absolutely, yeah, it makes sense. Let's have a look at both teams. Thanks. I, mean, I touched one there, Chloe. I think the international break actually came at a good time for both of them. Usually you'd be moaning international breaks and they are a bit boring, but I think this one it was all right for both teams. And as, as as fans, I think a little reset was good. Managed to get a bit of Christmas shopping and all that kind of stuff. But like Liverpool's bench against Brentford was children. You know, it was Lewis Diaz and children. This time, you know, they've all had a couple of extra weeks off. They should all be back. City, you know, they didn't send Haaland away. Ederson didn't go. John Stones is injured. They've, they've got a few themselves. I think Nathan Ake has been carrying an injury. We'll see how many of them come back. But it does feel like 
although this game is 12.30 after the break, I think both teams will actually have benefited from that break because I certainly think Liverpool needs it. Yeah, we did. You know, we had a, a couple of players, Joe Gomez, can I say, missing that Brentford game was a bit mad. It felt like both of those injuries came out of nowhere. Mm. We had Gravenberg, Curtis Jones even. Um, so there was a lot of injuries for Liverpool that like we needed to sort out. And when, you know, we mentioned Kanata and Joe Gomez there, if we would have two more games in the last week, it's a lot to ask Joel Matter to do when we know yep. uh, and we're trying to protect him. And it's also a lot to, to ask Virgil van Dijk to do. And look, Virgil only got 45 minutes rest, uh, but it's 45 minutes more than what he would have had playing for Liverpool if we were, you know, yep. Europa League, OK, he probably would have been rested there. But if we would have had two Premier League games, uh, then it's a different story. So, yeah, I think it did come at a good time for us. Um, and it was important that we finished on a win before that international break. So it, it just feels you've got something behind you to go into the City game and feel good about. Yep. Uh, so it was a real positive boost as well. Um, so, yeah, I think the international break came at a good time. Um, it clearly has came at a good time for them because <laughs> they would have had loads of injuries last week. Uh, now this week, I think pretty much everyone will be fit. Fingers crossed uh, both teams could be relatively full strength with a couple mm. of key options. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we speak about... In fact, no, let's do it now, Tom. Uh, Tom, sorry. Let's do it now, Dan. I want to speak, sorry, about the injuries. The, I was about to say John Stones. I don't know how I end up with Tom. Okay. John Stones looks like the one who could be out mm-hmm. in terms of City's 11. Like, that feel like the major one. Haaland's a doubt, but by all accounts, yeah, everyone's whispering that he's going to play. Ederson looks like he'll be fine as well. But it does feel like John Stones is going to be missing. They used a kanji in that role, the mm-hmm. the inverted thing against Chelsea. Yeah. And it was a bit of a shambles, really. Chelsea mm-hmm. scored four. They, they could have scored eight. Yeah. City, But on the flip side, City did score mm-hmm. four. You know, they, they got there as well. But that does feel like a real key one for them. Liverpool are missing the left back, and that's a key one. But in terms of like, if you look at our City's team, 
I think that the spine of their team is awesome mm-hmm. and it does feel like one of their better players in that spine could be out, which could be something Liverpool, especially if it is a Kanji trying to target him. In, if he does do that thing where he rolls into midfield, mm-hmm. it feels like that could be something Liverpool try and take advantage of. Oh yeah, John Stones have been absolutely integral for them in the past sort of 18 months. Since he did that sort of switch system, he's been brilliant at it. He's one of the better sort of exponents of that. I think we've probably got the best one in terms of his passing ability, obviously in the shape of Trent, but in just the all-round sort of way of doing it, I think John Stones is probably the best, to be honest with you. Um, so if he is missing, it'd be massive. And as you say, Pep Guardiola isn't going to change his approach because a player's injured. He's going to carry on with the same sort of tactic, same sort of system. And if he's doing it with a Kanji, then sound. Because I think you can exploit that a little bit, to be honest with you. I don't think it brings us anywhere near as much in the attacking sense either. And defensively, he's not quite as solid. So certainly in that role. Chelsea so yeah. targets it. Yeah, exactly. And I think Liverpool will do the same. And I think Liverpool will target Man City sort of full stop, to be honest. I, I think the best way going about this is to sort of have a go. They're going to play with a particularly high line and they're not the quickest back line in the world, barring Kyle Walker, of course. So I think Liverpool will. And they mentioned Diaz earlier on. That could be a sort of an interesting play. I think Darwin Nunes, likewise. If both of them are fit and ready to go after their sort of exertions in midweek, I'd be very, very tempted just to go with the quickest possible attacking lineup that we had because you're right, you can exploit your Kanji and exploit the lack of pace elsewhere. The only way, place you can't do it is, of course, on their right side. But yeah, I think in terms of the missing players, I think even the Haaland stuff and the Edison stuff, you, you joke that like they probably will play, and I agree, I think they probably will play. But if they are carrying knocks or niggles and they're not quite 100% and they have been a little doubt, then that's fine. Like, if they're not at it from the outset or they are a little bit concerned about something and that can only be a positive for us albeit I do think they'll line up if they are carrying something into the game and they've had to sort of last minute fitness test or whatever it is that's a little bonus for Liverpool absolutely you're right both teams need to be at it and on that close I suppose this is going back to the 12-30 thing a little bit you can't like Liverpool started slow at Wolves and they were able to turn it round they've had a couple of these early ones where it's not been you know it's, it's taken half an hour to warm into it you could be three down away to City. You know, if you're at 80% and they're flying, it could be game over. It does feel like that, you know, the start of this game. If, can you imagine it being the, the the ferocious pace that Liverpool City games are usually played at? Because I think, I think for Liverpool, it might have to be. I think it's hard to just play, go, you know, try and sit back off City like Dan says. You, you are going to have to be at them and in the face. That's what Chelsea did. Chelsea went and gave them a bloody nose. Arsenal went toe to toe with them and, and, and got a, a, a very late winner in the end. It does feel like if you're going to beat Man City or get one, you've got to, you know, you've got to fight fire with fire and you've got to be unafraid to be on that front foot. Yeah, you've got to, you know, kind of make them think about what you're doing. And we talk about how much they like, you know, to, to keep possession of the ball. We talk about the inverted right back situation. They play very very high up the pitch and we've got three attackers there who've got electric pace that if you do use just get them on the off shoulder every single time and every time we win a ball back and you obviously I'm not saying soak up pressure but there will be times where you need to there's no you can't go toe-to-toe with them all game you'll absolutely run out of speed but not just that they also they just take the game away from you sometimes yeah, and really that'll good. happen um, at their ground especially so Liverpool need to make sure they start quickly we can't we can't not be switched on from the off because they tear teams apart um, they did it last year to, to Liverpool to be honest that second half completely got played off the park Liverpool need to make sure they're added they're concentrated but also know that we have the ability to really hurt them as well yeah. we've got to believe that we can get something out of this game um, and that off shoulder <laughs> 
you dancing there. Yeah, sorry. For those who know that, there's a, there's a highlight of that noise. There's a, there's a burger van also, and I start playing the, the cricket, cricket theme tune every day, which is awesome. awesome. But if that got picked, I was dancing along to it, so. Yeah, um, but I, I really like the idea of, of the likes of Darwin Nunes and Salah, and that left-hand side, I'm still stuck of who to go between. Uh, but Darwin Nunes in behind, like he did against uh, Argentina, I'm all for that against Ruben Dias. Um, because I think I think we've got them for pace there. Just try and avoid Kyle Walker, please, at all costs. Mm. Yeah, we've got a comment here from Tom. Actually, he says Chelsea proved he can be got at big time, and yeah. he did. Dan, that's the one thing I take into it. Also, oh, if that if that did come up, I don't know if that could come up. Did, yeah, they, no, yeah, yeah. Um, that is right. Like City, I know they've, they it's weird they played twelve, they left twelve goals, and before them were in that one game. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're a little bit like us, really. Their defensive numbers are actually pretty good. But if you if you've watched the games and it's similar to Liverpool a bit really, it hasn't always been brilliant. It it does feel like you can get at them. Yeah. So in terms of they'll they'll be thinking the exact same. We can get at Liverpool, but it does feel like this isn't a game where Liverpool will be afraid. Like Liverpool can outscore Manchester City if they need to. No, absolutely. I think we can score outscore any team in the land. To be honest with you, right now with our firepower, it's a joke. Like we've mentioned, sort of in speaking here, five forwards who could all start. I think mean, the only nail on one right now would be Mohamed Salah, and people make arguments for others, of course, he would. But realistically, it could be any front three with Salah in it, yeah. and we'd all be quite happy. So yeah, Liverpool will absolutely go there thinking we can we can hurt these. And I don't think either side would be willing to take a backward step. Manchester City, like I mentioned earlier, they're going to think this is our rightful crown we're the champions we're at home we're going to come on to you and likewise I think Klopp all of a sudden he fancies us again and sort of a big marker for fancying us again will be how he approaches this game he's gone there before now and he's played four forwards and he's thought let's just have a go I think he does this again I think he goes there and thinks you know what we're going to make a statement and there's no better place to do it than the Etihad and by doing so I think it will be an attacking approach and we've all mentioned I think we're not. We're never likely to go there and sit back because we're Liverpool Football Club, and the way Jurgen Klopp likes to play is that heavy metal style. But we've never been to the Etihad really with this technical midfield before, even which is interesting. We've always had that combative, that engine room midfield, but now all of a sudden we've got Sabozla, we've got Gravenberg, we've got McAllister, we've got technicians in there, so it will be interesting. I still expect Manchester City to dominate possession because that's what they do: death by a thousand passes, whatever. But I do think as well when we do nick the ball back. Previously, we've been quite counter-attacking-ish in so much as we've got all the pace of front and the way we go but I do think there's going to be times in the game on Saturday whereby we have control of proceedings as well because now we have that slightly different makeup. so it's going to be a fascinating watch it really is but I often wonder and Liverpool in previous seasons have sort of not every season because we've had some massively off ones we've had a period whereby we've just sort of come of age we've been a little bit sort of stop-start a bit stuttery and it hasn't really worked hasn't really clicked sometimes looting game to lose game whatever and all of a sudden in like a patch of the season it's just clicked into gear and again there'd be no better time for it to happen on Saturday and move forwards and all of a sudden you look like the team that you are and it feels like that's coming with Liverpool it'd just be really nice if it started on the weekend absolutely amazing I spoke to Jordan from City actually the other day we've done an opposition preview show on, on Plus and he thinks Chloe that Pep will pick the same team he picked against Chelsea albeit didn't, he could, there are a couple of injuries and whatever same team so that means Alvarez and Haaland both play you've got Doku as well on that left hand side who's been who's been excellent for them. They'll have again the Akanji thing so it looks like Stones is gonna be out. We're all out of mind and again that is a bit of a predicted guess. It's it's Phil Foden playing almost like a right winger he's he's had good games against Liverpool. If that is the case and they go for that what you know it's it's Gavardi at left back and Carl Walker with Akanji doing the floating thing. We need to pick a Liverpool team that can stop that but also combat it. How big 
a factor? Do you think those things play into Jürgen? I'm thinking of an example at left back. Does he trust Cost? Does he want Costas, who is the next left back? Is he because he wants to attack Manchester City's? You know, Liverpool have had some joy against Manchester City attacking that left hand side. They've Luis Diaz and Sadio Mane used to give a uh, Walker problems, and they've tried to push the other winger back. Do you go more solid? And there's a Joe Gomez question, provided he's fit. That is the. the that that decision is almost like a microcosm of Jürgen's tactics going into. Do you, do you go and fight fire with fire and go right? It's cost us front foot, get crosses in, attack, or do you actually with a little bit worried about Phil Foden and the attacking threat Manchester City have got a bit more conservative with with Gomez at left back. Um, it, it it's a hard one to say, especially with the fact that well, I've got no idea when Joe Gomez is expected to be. Oh yeah, let's presume he's fit. We, 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 for clarity, we're filming this on Thursday morning, recording this on Thursday morning. The press conference is out till Friday, so Tomorrow, yeah. it, it, let's 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 assume everyone's fit except Robbo, which we think is probably going to be the case. Then what what, what do you think Jürgen's plans would be? Because ha- that decision is almost a, like a, a a point of how you're going about this game. Are you worried about City, or are you going to? punched it in the face yeah it's I think we're all very worried about that position if I'm being perfectly honest but I think I would go with Costas because the yep. the way it's worked for Liverpool in the past is with a flying fullback and Andy Robertson um, and I think Costas what I've been critical of him at this this season at least is sometimes he's not overlapped on the outside to, to give an option and yet when he did against Brentford in that second half he was absolutely brilliant in the first half he, he wasn't that great but in the second half when he was getting around the outside and, and being able to pick out crosses from the byline he was really really good we all know how good he is technically when passing a ball we love his set pieces as well which I think might be a big factor um, so I would play him. I think he has to be disciplined. He has to be focused. He has to be, you know, switched on. He can't take three, four touches and then decide what to do. You're not going to have the time to do that. But also, I think Joe Gomez doesn't offer us that same kind of threat. And depending on who you play at left wing, you might need someone who overlaps. Because if you play Diogo Jota at left wing, you need someone to give him the space. And by doing that, you need to drag Kyle Walker away or a Kanji away. And that gives the space for Diogo Jota to work and he likes to cut inside so yeah I would go with Costas I, I am scared but it's what I'd do it's a it's a bit of intent and also uh, I guess that means that like in my mind I think he's going to go with Diogo Jota which would help him out the most as well we'll pick a, let's go on let's do it then let's try and pick a little team here then so obviously Alisson's in goal Trent's at right back Van Dijk's at centre back mm-hmm. Who's the other centre back, Dan? I'll give you first pick. What, what are you doing? Can I say Matip? It, it's going to be Joe Matip. I don't. I don't think it's going to be Canate just because of the injury. Um, it was given a two-week time frame by the French Football Federation, which takes us right up to kick off, essentially. Um, and even if he is back it depends how he's trained of course we haven't done anything about him training over the break if he trains on Friday who knows but he's not going to have loads of time on the training pitch it doesn't sound like so I think it'd be massive Canati might be there he might be on the bench of course but I do have a, a sneaky feeling it will be Joel Matip. Um I agree with Chloe on the left back situation I think it probably should be Kostas because he is a specialist left back after all I think if you go the, the, the winger who he chooses plays into that and likewise if it's Jota I think it's definitely got to be Simicasa and if it's Diaz I think that opens up the goal thing because you have more natural width then anyway and it, that would allow Trent to wander into midfield a lot more if he's going to really overuse that hybrid role then maybe you do go Gomez because it gives you three centre-backs anyway um, that's an interesting one but yeah for centre-back I think it's going to be massive just because Canati if he, if he was fit and ready to go it's Ibu all day long but I don't think he will be yeah I think I, I don't think you're wrong there I think I'd, I 
I'm alright with it as well. I think I'd yeah, be yeah. fine with it. Um, let's talk about midfield then, because you guys mentioned before Alexis and what we're going to and that kind of stuff. We had a comment actually. I'll see if I can bring it up as we're speaking, saying actually I'd go Endo. He's, he's it, it was Tom again. I'd rather have Endo playing in a six-day person instead of McAllister. Um, basically, he's a natural number six. Um, what are we doing in midfield then? We're not going to agree on this, are we? I don't know. Go no, on. you want an attack, and yeah, yeah, you want Cody Gakpo, don't you? I thought about Cody Gakpo. Do you know what I said in the week? I I had a sneaky suspicion that Klopp would go with go with Cody Gakpo because he's done it a lot. Anyway, he did it away at Chelsea. Um, he's in form. He's playing football. Um, so that's a good thing. Gravenberch was not fit last game, so who knows where he's at? I don't see it being Curtis Jones personally I think he lost his rhythm a little bit due to his suspension stuff like that and when he did play in the Europa League and the Carabao Cup I don't think he was at it and I just had the, Cody Gappo presses really well and his, his dual statistics are really good in midfield I don't love him being in there personally I, I don't think it's his best position by any stretch of imagination but I've just got this nagging feeling that he's going to go with Cody Gappo and won the eights okay, I don't think he will personally I'll, go, I'll tell you I think he's, he's going to say McAllister, Sopperslide Jones. I think that's the. I think he, I think that's what he's going to do. Yeah. Hey, I, I think I think if Case if Case has a million percent plays if he's fit. Really? Well, if McAllister and Sopperslide done. I, see, I, I get I, the endo thing, but no, I don't see. I it. think if Case is a hundred percent, I think he. I think he. I think he plays. does because of the balance and also someone who keeps the ball. Yeah. I think he, the last thing you can do against Man City is lose transitions. I think he'll be desperate for Jones to be fit on play. But I don't want that midfield three. I want Gravenberg, so McAllister, and I want Sobersly. I think, I genuinely think, uh, in transition, where we can catch Man City out. Because, like you mentioned, uh, you know, years ago, when we had the Genie Wijnaldum and we had, you know, Jordan Henderson, they weren't transitionalists. They, were, they won the ball back. They were, you know, they ran all over the pitch. But it was... <coughs> OK, give it to the front three and let them attack. It's not like that. I think Gravenberg is our best in, in transition. The way he turns on a football is incredible and mm-hmm. drags us up the pitch. And I think if we're going to be affected in, effective in those moments, you need a fourth person. Like you mentioned there with Cody Gakpo, which is why I can see. Yeah. I just think Gravenberg as an out-and-out midfielder would be better there because I think he, even though he is very attacking, I think he'd be a little bit more disciplined. He knows the role a bit better. If someone runs off him, he will track them a bit more than me. Maybe Cody Gakpo will, and I genuinely think he's he's incredible in transitions. If he's fit, I'd love to see him, um, because I just I, I think him being the fourth attacker would be would be brilliant. For I would be shocked if Jones doesn't play. Really, I'm absolutely shocked. No, I, I, if he's fit, I think if Curtis, I think he, he's nailed on. I think him and Sobersly are nailed on. Do you know what? Six weeks ago, I'd agreed with that because I felt like he was playing really well and he was a bit of a nailed on starter yeah. in the side. He was Every time he's fit, Klopp picks him. He was brilliant. No, I get that. But like I say, just I don't think his last two or three appearances have been anything near his levels personally. And I think he's a really good footballer. I really do. I really like him when he plays. I think he sort of shrugged off all the naysayers that were gone before. I think he's been brilliant in recent times, back end of last season, start of this season. But yeah, something about his form just hasn't screamed out to me. He might have trained really well over the break and he might be fit and you know, he could be... And if he does start, I have no qualms about whatsoever. I don't have any qualms of any of these three options no. we've spoken about, by the way. Gravenberch would be my personal preference. I've got a feeling Klopp will go with Gakpo, but I also would have man Curtis. Jones. I want it to be Jones and I think it'll be Jones okay. personally be I think we've completely dismissed the endo thing too quickly by the way I, I would don't. not be surprised at all I know you I think there's a massive chance he plays be, I think massive chance I think that's due to the international breakdown yeah. that's the only reason that's yeah, the yeah. Only I, I, reason. I, I, it's a major reason 
McAllister after oh, no. McAllister it was a shambles at Wolves and, I, and you can't afford that and they still started him they must have known going into that game he wasn't ready yeah, but then you let, maybe have you learned from it and also I yeah. think Endo I think if you want someone again, if you, especially with the team that you guys are picking with all the attackers in it I think they might just want someone who keeps the back door closed because where's City kill yet again do you think he does that I think he's better than McAllister but do you think he's good Listen, he, I don't think he I wouldn't I don't, like to throw I don't him think in he, he's not, I don't think he's Rodri but I think he, he's someone who knows what he's meant to be a little bit more for, for me he arrives to tackles I'm sure oh, yeah, he does, he does, he's like 20 minutes behind <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm willing to play, like he's like when you watch on the stream yeah. and he's playing yeah, on delay he's on the stream I'm willing to reserve judgment on him as a footballer right now for Liverpool Football Club it's too early for that he hasn't, he hasn't played enough minutes for that however in the minutes he has played in the minutes he has played against the opponents he's played against I've not seen anywhere near enough to throw him into a game of this magnitude at this level plus we mentioned in the, foot, the fact that McAllister has been South America he's been back home in Japan playing footy he's got a very similar sort of travel schedule yeah, so point. I'm yeah, not yeah. sure about that I myself. think I think he'll go on McAllister and I'm, I think he will but I wouldn't be shocked if, if we saw Endo if, if he went with Endo I'd be expecting Gravenberg to start yeah. then Fair because least. you need that and look Endo I think might be a, a decent footballer for Liverpool he might but I don't think he's up to speed at the moment with the league and that is the problem you can't arrive late to a challenge against Manchester City um, because the ones who touch passing the way they do rings around you it's incredible yeah funny, we've got no comments here and, and though, from Goats since 97 great name uh, and those slow in tackles I'm scared he could get a red card if he starts he could have got one last game he might not catch the man either against Manchester City yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just sky passing yeah. like, yeah. like a matter though. Yeah, I, I, I understand I, I think it'll be McAllister we haven't really decided too much here but let's go up front Salah plays so yeah. no no arguments there no. again the, the, the fitness does play into this with, the, with Diaz and Nunez being away I think I think it's going to be Nunes Jota. Okay. What do, do you think it's going to be? I think the same. I don't think you could ignore Diogo Jota's form right now. I actually think sort of stylistically and system-wise, Diaz is the best fit for this game. But I think Jota's just playing too well at the moment to ignore him. And I also agree on Darwin Nunes. Likewise, his form's also through the roof. We've seen what he did in international duty. And I think his pace and his threat in behind will cause City nightmares. I think Pep Guardiola will be having sleepless nights about that already. Um, he'll be pulling his hair out. But um, the Nunes thing's interesting because what we need from Nunes on the weekend is obviously all that pace and that explosive power that but and it pains me to say this but we need a clinical Darwin Nunes which hasn't always been the case of course because chances big chances against Manchester City could be few and far between and when you get them you've got to put them away so we need the Nunes of that 20 minute cameo against Newcastle and what he's done with Uruguay we don't need the Nunes of squandering big chances against Luton no, yeah, absolutely and I what do you think on the left hand side because there's an argument you can make a case for either of them Diaz and Jota are actually both in good form obviously Diaz had a little break but he's been in good nick since he's, since he's got himself back in the team Jota is on fire scoring goals Chloe there's no wrong option here whatever Jürgen picks which is great you can pick a, a, any combination of the five as long as it's got Mo Salah in it I think everyone's quite content with it yeah. but I, I've got to, I think it's probably going to I don't think he'll start two South Americans that's my thinking and I think he's definitely going to start Darwin but yeah. There is a massively Lewis Diaz will be feel massively aggrieved in that situation. Yeah, it's it's once again. I think if it's if the international break's not there, I think all of the South Americans play in this game. I think Diaz is maybe the one who misses out. I the the thing is, and I've spoke about it, is that actually on when we're in transition and we kind of want a counter attack, but it's not actually a counter attack. It's just that they push themselves yeah. so high and keep that high line. Um. You, you you want three electric paced players and also 
Diaz comes short as well. He holds the ball. He can carry it with him. Um, I think he'll go Jota based on the fact that Jota's been in incredible form. He didn't play the last game for Portugal as well, so he has had 90 minutes off. That sounds. Mm -hmm. However... You know, if Jota starts up top and Diaz played, that wouldn't surprise me either because Diaz has had more of a rest due to absolutely horrific circumstances, but he has had a rest, not mentally, but definitely physically, mm-hmm. um, where Darwin Nunes might have not had that and if he's struggling. And he always seems to struggle with, with some fatigue or cramp yeah. or something, doesn't he, after an international break? So that wouldn't surprise me either, but... I think he will go Nunes, Jota, and if Nunes isn't on that pitch, someone's going to have to convince me that he's extremely injured or something because he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet for me right now. Henry says, I want to see Jota against Carl Walker. He's in great form and would run right with his close control and finishing. Mm. Yeah, and he could. And that's what he's got. Danny, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, we've talked about Diaz carrying the ball. Jota has been a massive threat carrying, that, carrying the ball recently. Yeah. He's won free kicks, he scored goals doing it. It's, again, it's a different kettle of fish against City. But if you are getting the ball in transition, which is what Liverpool want to take the ball off City and, and uh, counter press and the, 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 the mini counter attacks, for lack of a better phrase, Jota's ideal. Diaz is brilliant and he's really yeah. good at it. Jota still offers that more. He still offers more of a goal threat at this point. Oh, well, well, a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, he is lethal. There's no two ways about that. And his goal threat far, far outweighs Luis Diaz's. Um, and what Jota lacks in that sort of explosive, off the mark pace, he makes up for in his pace with the ball at his feet. He's rapid <laughs> with the ball at his feet. Like and Kyle Walker, he won't be sort of counting his lucky stars that Diaz isn't there. If it's Jota instead, he'll be. If anything, I think that'd be a harder test for him because you know, again, for what Diaz offers in terms of knocking the ball past people and getting getting crossed and all that type of stuff and cutting back but Jota will will hurt you he's more lethal in the sense that he's going to drive into the box into dangerous areas into places Kyle Walker does not want to be and Kyle Walker for all his qualities and as brilliant as he's been for a long period of time now nobody can tell me he's not got a mistake in him because they'd be lying I've seen him make mistakes hey, before you know what I mean exactly. I've, seen him, I've seen him make mistakes his recovery pace is what gets him out of a lot of tricky situations people tend to forget that but yeah I think Jota like I say everything Diogo Jota does on the footy pitch is with the intention of scoring the goal or getting an assist he is that direct a player he's a bit he as well. yeah he is a little bit yeah and he'd be absolutely bang up for it and as we've all mentioned his form right now he just can't ignore him and I've been one of his biggest critics in so much as I think sometimes when he doesn't score or assist I don't really know what he offers but I think in recent weeks his, his all round game's got a lot better as well so he starts for me yeah, Daz says I will go with Jota, Nunes and Mo and I, think, I think I would agree with that one as well we've talked about you said there you need a, a lethal Darwin Nunes to show up yeah. well Diego Jota's your most clinical finisher. Yes. Uh, I mean, I think Mo Salah's incredible, but I think, you know, he, he probably misses the target Jota's more than one. Jota does. He, he's incredible in those positions. And it's his movement. It's where he knows where to be in the box. He, he gets, you know, poacher goals a lot of the time. He's still got the skill and, and everything. And the goal he scored against Brentford is, is an incredible goal. But if a ball is being whipped in from Trent... I know Jota's going to be in the correct position somewhere um, to get on the end of it. So, yeah, I, I, I would go Jota. You need someone who's extremely clinical, and he is he is that. Absolutely, he is. Um, last one I want to speak about, go do the end of the pitch then, and comment here from Bear. Because um, Haaland against the rejuvenated Virgil van Dijk. Virgil's back. I think it's fair. Virgil's been amazing. Yep. He's had a good little international break there for the Netherlands as well. Um, got a little break against Gibraltar for half an hour well, after the game off, Dan. Last season, it was men against boys. City absolutely mm-hmm. wiped the floor with Liverpool. 
Virgil's Virgil again and can help keep that back door it's a massive bonus this is like we're saying Virgil looks like I think he looks like he's back to being the best defender in the league again Mm -hmm. maybe in Europe he's at that level pretty much again big test for him this weekend against the most clinical striker we've probably seen in in 10 years like he is it's a massive test for him again provided Haaland plays but like Having Virgil being Virgil again gives, gives you a bit more confidence in that particular matchup. You might never stop Manchester City, but you can certainly slow them down a little bit. You know what I mean? And if, and if Virgil's Virgil again, that, that that goes a huge way to Liverpool getting something out of this game. Yeah, absolutely it does. Yeah, and I think one of the key points amongst this is, and I agree by the way, I think Virgil is definitely back to his best. We've all kind of sneakily said it for a few weeks, but all of a sudden I think after the Brentford game we've gone, yeah, that's that Virgil of old. Um, and the thing with him is, is he's that type of egotistical type footballer that he'll kind of have a sneaky suspicion about that himself and he'll know it and he'll want to face the best he'll want to challenge himself against Manchester City and against Erling Haaland and that only bodes well as well and I think we've seen that again in the Benford game he did that ridiculous goal line clearance he was almost laughing at it he went yeah like I'm back here and I think him being up for this fight and he'll know what happened last year I personally think he's gone up quite a few levels there's lots of different factors behind it the fact it's a lot further removed now from the injury physically and mentally that can only be a good thing the captain's armband's taken him up as well for me so he'll want this fight on Saturday he'll want this challenge he'll want to take Liverpool back up to the level we were at he'll want to get back up to the level he was at as well so <laughs> it's like a perfect storm of Virgil van Dijk now and it's come at the best time for him because he's playing at the, pretty much the peak of his powers and he's coming up against Manchester City and Erling Haaland so there's nothing he'd like more than to keep him quiet and to keep Manchester City quiet the other thing is is he qualified with the uh, with Netherlands for the Euros, Big and boost, that is yeah. a massive boost for him. That um, obviously we we know what happens in the World Cup. Netherlands then they're as, as good as they he probably missed the last Euro injury, didn't he? He yes. did miss yeah, the yeah. last Euros as well. Um, so you know, even though he has played some football over the international break. It's it, it's good for him to keep momentum, yeah. and it's also really positive at the fact that he should be coming back feeling absolutely brilliant. Um, so yeah, and and also just put one on Erlen Haaland first five. Make sure that he is actually <laughs> still injured. See if he's got something. Just make sure don't Virgil do that. One of the midfielders first ten minutes just. I wouldn't mind Virgil just smashing him. To be I love Virgil. Virgil's I know, got a chance. I don't want to get him <clears> yellow. That's the only thing. Um, yeah, just just put one on them first five minutes. Set the tone. Um, and see where we go from there. Yeah, go and press Edison into us. See how he is. I'm sure they'll all be fine. I'm sure Pep's just played Pep games. Yeah. Um, let's have a little before we start wrapping up. Then Dan, obviously the game itself. We're going to bring the league table. Up. Just everyone knows pretty much where we're at. Mm-hmm. But just to clarify, obviously Liverpool <laughs> go to the Etihad, a point behind Manchester City. Uh, Arsenal in third level with Liverpool on pretty much everything we've scored one more goal on them which is why we're above them uh, and Spurs on 26 points in fourth place and Aston Villa who actually played Tottenham are on uh, 25 points in fifth like if they you know if Liverpool lose and Villa win Liverpool like it, 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 things do can change dramatically yeah? yeah it's a massive game this and the record at the Etihad is appalling really <laughs> Liverpool have not been good there they've, they've They've competed, but very, very rarely win. Mm. One win under Klopp in the league, isn't it? They've, yeah, 2015. 2015 was first one. Um, mm. A couple of good points there, I think. Yeah. A couple of really good games. But when you look at the league table and you look at the fixtures elsewhere and stuff, I, I, I think a draw is a fine result. I think it, I think most people would take a draw. But have Liverpool got it in them to go and win? Have Liverpool got it in them to go top of the table? 
on Saturday morning, do you think? Yeah, I think they have, yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, the importance of the game can't be underestimated because we've touched upon it earlier, just how pivotal these games have proved to be otherwise in terms of title races. But it's interesting because obviously you mentioned our record at the Etihad isn't great. And, you know, so often such importance is placed on these matches and too often we haven't got the result we desired there. But their result, their record at Anfield isn't perfect either, but in the imagination, they've predominantly been draws with the occasional win here and there thrown in for us, of course, it was that 4-3. And I think they beat us in the COVID year whereby you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think Liverpool have got it in us um, to go there and win. I would personally take a draw as well myself because it keeps us in the hunt. A draw away from home in this type of fixture isn't the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination. And plus, the next three games for us after that are quite favourable in inverted commas. So, and the fact that I think if you take four <sighs> points from this fixture, i.e., beat them at Anfield, yeah. take that all day long. Yeah, bite your hand off. So yeah, so yeah, I, I'm confident heading into it. Probably more confident than I should be. Um, but I just think we spoke about it earlier. I think the firepower at our disposal gives us a chance in any game of footy. If we can be solid at the back and solid enough at the back, and I think we can with likes of Virgil van Dijk back to his best now, I just back us to beat anyone. Um, Manchester City, the way they approach the game, I almost it's so stupid to say because they are so, so good. But because they are going to come and try and hurt us, that kind of is good. If you can stay with a foothold in the game and get enough possession, I fancy us because we've got the lads we've spoken about in midfield, the attacking sort of elements of that now, which wasn't there previously, plus the attack at the five or front, which anyone could play essentially. So yeah, um, but in terms of what it means, I think it's important not to get too hung up on it because if we do go to the Etihad and it's a good game, we play well, but we get beat, okay, not the end of the world, we move on from that, we can regroup and go again, but listen, I think if we go there and sort of lay a marker down and get a result, anything's possible for the rest Absolutely. of the season. Absolutely. Looking at the rest of the fixtures then before we, we wrap up, I mean, like a you know last man standing survivor pool, yeah, and yeah. this weekend already is so hard. Mm. Every game just looks like it's going to be a draw. Like that's like every single one. But I'm looking at it, so obviously we go to the Etihad, you've got Sheffield United, Bournemouth, God, no, that could be anything. Uh, Forest, Brighton, could be anything. Burnley, West Ham, Luton Palace, Newcastle, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal, Tottenham, Villa. They're all like games, you know, teams. Your banker's Everton this weekend. Everton against United is yeah. the other one. I know it's mad, isn't it? But your banker? If you look at the teams who were in the, I don't know, top six, top four, whatever you want to call it, the race, Chloe there, Newcastle, Chelsea, Brentford, Arsenal, Tottenham, Villa, they could go anyway. If Liverpool can beat Manchester City, which, listen, is very difficult, as we've established, the league table could really, you know, Brentford could easily beat Arsenal, Tot- Villa could get on the Spurs, it could be a draw, who knows, Newcastle, Chelsea, same Everton, Man United, will be a little bit further down the table, United, it does feel like, again, it's a, it's a real, a big weekend for every team coming back there. There's some tough fixes for everybody. No, none of those teams they're licking their lips at the games they got this weekend. No, like you mentioned there, it's hard to, to real really pick the winners. It could go either way. Um, and we were we were handing out draws to quite a lot of the top four <laughs> on the biased uh, football podcast. And um, Chris made the point that. You do know that there's not actually that many draws in footy. Like in the Premier League, there's not that many draws. It's usually a win uh, for someone. So yeah, it's it's hard to choose. There are a lot of teams there who could drop points. I think Brentford could could get so, and Aston Villa could tear Tottenham apart. To be honest, with the amount of injuries they've got, um, so Liverpool just need to focus on themselves, get their part of the job done. I would take a point, but actually, the closer I'm getting to it, the closer I'm thinking, absolutely go for them, get all three. Absolutely go for them. Um, Fuck so, five, five with fire, man. so yeah I'm excited hopefully it's a great weekend for the Reds um, and it really sets the tempo for the, the, the games leading up to Christmas mm. right then here we go 
positions time. Oh I'll, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You can. You can. I don't like drinks and this stuff. I do I, it all the time. Yeah, it's not real. I said three two to the Reds in a barnstormer. I'm it. fancying it. You, you have just took the words right out of my mouth. I had barnstormer and three two <laughs> ready to say. Absolutely. Yeah. 85th minute winner from Salah. I'm Vibes. In the, I'm in the same boat, but I'm not in that boat. I'm in the Liverpool go 3-1 up boat and they get one back and we have to hold on for dear life towards the end. We've got Press Salah says 4-2 to Liverpool. Mike is going for a 2 all. Daz thinks we're going to get beat. He's going for a 1-4, which is... That I am off? worried about, by the way. No, does anyone get sent off? That, 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 that's the thing that could kill this game. Costa. Either way. Anyone? anyone. And I, said, I said this on the, again on the on the preview with the, the, with the guys from City X. There was like... Um, that VR could do anything in this game, mm. and I, I hope it doesn't. Because it, it, if he either goes down to ten, it's it, it's a it's a, a stinker. Yeah. But the thing is, if they go down to ten, they won't change their approach either, and we could run right then. You know, so I'm here for vice that. versa. Vice versa. Well, I've seen that firsthand. I'd love a Rodri straight red. He never, gets, he never gets. He never gets. Very rarely, he had to put. He had to assault somebody before he got his red card last time. But <laughs> funny enough, Grand Funk said, "Yeah, a Rodri red card, please, yeah. would be fantastic." Take him on then, the next three. Are you refusing well? to predict? Do you think we'll win? Do you have to give me a score? She does, you can tell. Look at the smile. You fancy us, don't you, Chloe? 2-1 the Reds. There we go, got it. Eat that out in the end. There we go. We're going to lose 4-1 now. But <sighs> well Absolute done, mindless positivity out of ground that we haven't won that for like eight years. But fuck it, that's the Red Champions Men TV League. four. Champions yeah. League we did. In the, yeah, fair enough, we did win the Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> we also beat them at Wembley a couple of years ago. I mean, it's not the end of It's easy. What are you even worried easy. about? Yeah, do come Manchester. and join us um, on Saturday afternoon. Well, Saturday morning, actually, um, for the Uncensored Match build up It was an hour and 15 minutes or so before kickoff. As the team news announced, then we'll have the full watch along here on the Red Men YouTube channel as well. You've got Paul, you've got Chris, and you've got me this weekend because, Dan, you've got a. Go, go, busy? Busy weekend? Not much, mate, no. Otherwise, engaged, I will be. Can we talk about it? Quite literally. Uh, engaged? Married? Yeah. So send your congratulations. I'm, I'm telling everyone. I don't know if it was a secret or not, but Dan's Sorry. getting married on Sunday. So we've begrudgingly given Saturday off. Begrudgingly. No, he, <laughs> we had to make him take Saturday off. Dan was going to work Saturday the day before his wedding, and I literally told him, you are not working. I will cover that one for you. So yeah, have a good one there, Dan, as well. But company man. Company man. Company so you man. really do need three points. That would be a lovely wedding gift, be a good it? start. I'll take it right now. That's the most important what, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you more excited yeah. for? Your wedding or yeah. the football? Oh, um, some comment. Dave says, enjoy your last days as a free man, Dan. Cheers, yeah, nice Mike one. says, that's no excuse to miss this one. And then Rob says, Dan, just don't do it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not missing it. This is on the Saturday, the wedding's on the Sunday, so we're all good. Yeah, he's going to watch he's watching the game. The game's, the, yeah, for clarity, the wedding is on Sunday. We just give Dan a day off to prepare yeah. for it. And then we'll all be there as well. So okay, okay, good luck. Hope it goes all well. Thanks to you guys for listening or watching this episode of the Match Preview. Yet. They do come and join us on YouTube for the watch long. It's going to be an absolute barnstormer. Chloe, enjoy the Etihad. Thank you. We'll see you. Hopefully.